0: Take notes. Paulie Malanagi here for Paulie TV, and we are back for another episode. Let me tell you something, bro. Is the rumor mill going on? You know, boxing has its gossip mill, its rumor mill. Word on the street today is Canelo has decided to enact his third fight with Gennady Golovkin. I think it's a smart uh, decision. I don't. I never really agreed with going right into the rematch with Dimitri Bivol. You can kind of... Think your way through things as you prepare for Golovkin. Golovkin is a bit past his prime. I, I'm not crazy about the way he looked against Ryota Murata. I don't think it's as, it's as dangerous of a version of a Gennady Golovkin as it was when Canelo was first fighting him. And so I think it's sort of a—I mean, listen, Golovkin is not a soft touch for anybody, um, even past his prime. But in terms of Canelo and the the level of opponents he's been facing— all these years, um, I think it's a little bit of a softer touch here uh, past passes prime, Golovkin. But coming off of a loss, it's um, it's you know it's allowable at this point. And at the same time, you know he's got an opportunity to think things through uh, what he wants to do uh, in terms of. The option to rematch Beeble after the Gennady Golovkin fight. I like the fight for Golovkin as well for because he'll get a you know another big payday before uh, you know probably being out of boxing and retiring. You know so you know a guy who's been uh, who's put us through a lot of g- giving us a lot of good fights through the years, um, <laughs> given a lot in boxing. I think uh, it'll be well deserved. But I don't see Golovkin being as much of a threat to Canelo as he was before. Although it'd be interesting, you know, it'll be interesting because you know you want to see where Canelo's confidence is coming off of the loss. You want to see, uh, you know, how, 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 how much his, um, his drive is. You know, sometimes you come off that loss and you're actually more motivated. You wanna, you're more motivated because the criticism, that you, the backlash that you go through after getting, ha- getting the loss. And God knows when you're a superstar like Canelo Alvarez is, the, both the praise is higher and also the criticism is higher. So when it's time to criticize. And so for that reason, I think you're going to get a, probably a motivated Canelo here. He, he's going to want to make a statement in the way uh, he, he fights Golovkin. I think he's going to want to make a statement in... in, in, in uh, I, I, at least that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a hungry, determined Canelo Alvarez. I'm looking for him to kind of create a, a statement-win kind of situation where he'll uh, really be looking to impress. And not just impress, but also uh, make it stick out in the minds of people that you know he's still got a lot left. And maybe even st- start up that curiosity with, if he looks so good against Golovkin, people will say, oh, you know what, this this is how we need to see Golovkin. This is how we need to see Canelo, I mean, uh, fighting b in the rematch, if he goes for that rematch. I still don't... I still am not crazy about Canelo rematching b uh, uh even at 168. I don't think stylistically it's a great fight for him, but, you know, uh, that'll be up to him to decide later on. You know, it, it's, a, it's a fight that, you know, we can all kind of agree. I mean, I, I would... I think we agree that, you know, it would still sell. It would have a big storyline. At 168, you could probably say that, you know, he's got uh the... the weight class that's more, more advantageous to him. It's the weight class where he's beaten a lot of elite fighters, you know, Caleb Plant, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, there's Callum Smith. You know, he's, he's got some good wins at 168 pounds. And, of course, with b Bivol, if you bring him down to 168, although Bivol always says he can make 168 easily, you have the option to try to maybe weight drain him a little bit if he, if he doesn't make it as easily as 175 pounds. I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. You know, there are guys, keep in mind, there are guys at 168 pounds like uh, David Benavidez, who is looking really, really tremendous this lately. And he's, uh, you know, he's sort of st- trying to continue to climb in on his march towards the demand for a Canelo Alvarez fight. But at the moment, I think uh, Canelo can keep himself busy here. You know, if, if he's going to fight twice a year, which, you know, he has fought more than that at times, which is obviously a, a busy schedule for a champion nowadays. But if he fights even twice a year, you know, I, I would say Canelo's next 12 months are pretty much you know decided if he decides to stay with the 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 Beeball revenge factor because you know you'd have Golovkin and then you'd have the Beeble fight you have Golovkin maybe in the fall and then in the then B-ball the the following year in 2023 if everything uh, goes as planned um what does everybody think of the the, the Golovkin fight really you know uh you know the, 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 I, I personally I'm one of the people that thought he he didn't really win either of the first two fights. I thought he made a great adjustment. I think the second Golovkin and Canelo fight it is very interesting because I think a lot of this a lot of what happened in the second fight flies over people's heads. I think it was a great adjustment made by Canelo Alvarez in that. He uh, started coming forward. He started pressing Golovkin uh, and fought a completely different fight than the first fight, you know, with the first fight where I thought he lost it easily. I thought he really started pressing Golovkin, and it surprised both Golovkin and it surprised a lot of people that he was able to do that and and do do that with, with effectiveness, you know. It really made for a good fight. But I also think that what flies over people's heads is the... The adjustment Golovkin was able to make and box off the jab on the back foot a lot of times in that second fight. He boxed very well. I thought the fight was close, don't get me wrong, but I thought Golovkin's adjustment gets lost in the shuffle because Canelo decided he's going to come forward, and I'll tell you why I think that also is. Uh, Golovkin had always been talking about Mexican style, Mexican style. We got a fight in the middle of the ring, Mexican style. And so when Canelo brought that Mexican style as the true Mexican, of course— Golovkin wasn't able to keep that fight in the middle of the ring. He started boxing back on, on, the, on the back foot and, you know, off the jab. Um, it was still effective. I thought it was effective. Listen, if we it, the criticism here is this, all right? You, you, you're demanding for the Mexican-style fight center ring, right? So in, in that regard, you kind of got yourself the fight that you were demanding, and then you couldn't handle it, so you started boxing backwards. But you don't judge a fight by that standard. You judge a fight by of the effectiveness of hitting and not getting hit, right? I mean, that's the way a judge is supposed to judge the fight. And in that regard, I still thought Golovkin did a better job boxing in the second fight, uh, uh, even though despite the Canelo adjustment. I thought Golovkin's adjustment was also a very good one, and I thought he did a better job adjusting and was even able to hurt Canelo in, I think, round 10 or 11, if you guys remember that fight. So I think there was a lot, there's a lot that gets lost in the shuffle with that second Canelo-Golovkin fight, and I really was looking forward to and hope, hoping that the third fight would, would settle everything, but if you guys remember, even back then, I said he's probably going to wait for, for Golovkin to get older before he gives him the third fight. It's always a one he, can, he has in the back pocket, uh, people are always going to be curious about that third fight, but I don't think Golovkin has time on his side, you know, and sure enough, this is what ended up happening. We're, we're seeing the, the third Canelo-Golovkin fight happening now, where Golovkin is about almost 40 years old, you know, so... I don't think you're going to get the same effective Golov- effectiveness from Golovkin as he was able to show us in the first and second fight. Listen, I don't have a problem if you think um, Canelo won the second fight. I think it's it, it was a close fight. It could have went... Either way, depending on what you're looking for. But like I said, I can see the criticism of Golovkin being there that, in that he said, hey, listen, we're going to fight. I'm, I, you got to fight toe-to-toe, the toe-to, Mexican style. And then he wasn't able to handle that against Canelo. Canelo forced him backwards. But nonetheless, again, I reiterate, you don't judge a fight that way. This is not, the judge, boxing is not judged by machismo. You know? so it's part of the play. Yeah, it's part of the effectiveness, pressure. It's part of the, of the judging standard. But it's not all of the judging standard. You know, And so for that reason, I think when you look at it as a boxing match, which is what we're watching here. It's, it's The sport is called boxing, it's not called pressure, it's not called uh, uh, come forward, it's not called uh, knockout, it's called boxing, you know, and all of these, those other things are st- things that come into play, stipulations that come into play in a boxing match, but you have to understand how to judge a boxing match as a whole, and for that reason, my personal opinion was that Golovkin won the fight despite the fact that he got himself into these problems, his mouth got himself into these problems by having said that Canelo can't fight the Mexican style against him. And in reality, Canelo was able to be more Mexican than Golovkin, so to speak, because that he fought that, that fight in a completely different manner than he did the first fight and really uh, showed the, 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 the level of fighter that he is and the level of adjustment that he was able to make. For me, it's one of the best fights uh, to have, I have watched in... Um, you know, in my life, you know, uh, Canelo Golovkin too, because I think a lot of the things that fly over everybody's heads didn't fly over my head. I, I, I love the adjustment that both fighters were able to make. It showed the kind of levels that there are in boxing. Um, you know, both guys made a tremendous adjustment and had to adjust to each other within the fight as well. Um, and it was still an action-packed fight. It was better than the first fight because of the adjustments. And it was just interesting for me to see, you know, the level of intelligence and the level of effectiveness that both guys could have in in making such, Big adjustments from the first fight, you know. So I think uh, Canelo Alvarez is a, a, a top dog, regardless of the result with with Bevel. Uh, I think Golovkin in his prime was also a top, the top dog, one of the best middleweights ever. Uh, I mean, for me, Golovkin uh, in his prime. Uh, people will say, "Oh, who did he fight, bro?" You can't put a gun to people's heads, and and make them fight you. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that also can count against you because you know you couldn't get certain people into the ring. I feel the same way against about Demetrius andre, I think he's very unappreciated. Uh, in his prime, I thought he had it for anybody and, and, and just he couldn't get the fights You know, he tried his best to get the fights He couldn't get the fights So, so I don't necessarily When somebody's that good and, and, and fighters avoid them And they're able to avoid them Because they're not as popular as maybe certain other fighters um, Then, it, you know, it makes things tougher When a fighter is so popular Even if you want to avoid him You, you end up fighting him because, you know what? The, the payday is worth it. He's so popular that he brings in so much money. And that's what Canelo Alvarez is here. You know, he's a very good fighter, top-level guy, but no, who, nobody wants to avoid Canelo. They Everybody wants the Canelo fight, regardless of if they're going to win or lose. They want the Canelo fight because it's the biggest money-paying fight, right? So, so a guy like Canelo will never have trouble um, getting those big fights. He'll be... By, by the, the critics will criticize Canelo from another standard. Because he can get any fight he wants to, because, because he commands so much money and, and nobody will turn down a fight with him, people will criticize Canelo about who he didn't fight. But I take this the same way I, I take it uh, in the Mayweather era. You, know, you, can't, you can only fight one guy at a time. And Canelo's level of opposition has been rather high. You know? um, but you can't fight two guys at a time. You know? so there's just so many guys, and no matter who you fight, people are always going to say, well, he didn't fight this guy, and he didn't fight this guy. Um, but nonetheless, I think ultimately Canelo has fought a lot of top guys. You know, he's lived up to a lot of the hype, you know, and a lot of the expectation. But when you fight all these top guys, you are you do come across else. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like uh, everybody else. Let's face it. David Benavidez just fought David Lemieux. You know, it's not exactly somebody of the standard, right? But but David Benavides is also not as popular yet as Canelo. He's the, 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 although the the wave is rising and the demand is rising for Benavides. So so you can't. Force You can't criticize Benavidez for just keeping busy. He, he's looking for the Canelo fight. He's not, he's not been able to get it, but he's, he's willing to fight. He's calling out Caleb Plant. He's calling out Charlo. He's calling out all these guys. So you can't really criticize a guy who's not in the position to get any fight he wants to the same way as you do criticize a guy who is in the position to get any fight he wants to. It kind of works in different manners. I, and I, like I said, I, I kind of just explained the criticism. For a guy like Golovkin, people will say, oh, or even Benavides. Oh, well, who is he for? You know, uh, he's he he. He, he hasn't fought the guys Canelo has fought. Yes, but this guy has a problem in one manner. Canelo has a problem in another manner. The other, one guy has a problem in that he wants to get all these big fights and, and, and he, it's guys that are avoiding him. Canelo, nobody's going to avoid him. Even if you think you're going to lose to Canelo, you're going to take the Canelo fight because Canelo commands so much money. So the Canelo, from the perspective of Canelo, the criticism becomes, oh, well, since he fights, he can fight anybody he wants to. Why doesn't he fight A, B, or C, right? And so that's, I think, both criticisms... Are wrong, and I just explain why. Canelo can only fight one guy at a time. He's fought terrific opposition. Uh, these other guys can only fight the guys that will fight them. He can't force. They can't put a gun to people's heads and force them to fight. And they can't bring the kind of money to the table that Canelo brings. So, because if they could bring the kind of money to the table Canelo brings, then even the guys that would rather not fight them would fight them. And that's the thing in, in Canelo's perspective. Even people that would say, "Oh, you know what? Canelo's so dangerous. I'd rather not fight him." There's so much money on the table. You know, you're not going to find that kind of money fighting anybody else in boxing uh, in those weight classes. So you end up taking the fight regardless. And you know what? I have noticed, you know, there are situations where top guys don't fight as confidently against Canelo because, you know, they're they're almost like, oh, okay, I got all this money and, um, you know... uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I've reached the pinnacle of, of my money-making ability, and they're sort of satisfied. Like, I, I, didn't, I really wasn't crazy about Caleb Plant um, having a conversation with Canelo in the middle of the ring. I thought Billy Joe Saunders was a little tight. Um, I had seen Saunders um, fight a lot more confidently, say, uh, under tough circumstances when he went to Montreal to fight David Lemieux. Granted, Lemieux... And Canelo are two different levels of fighters, but I thought he was a little tight in the atmosphere, whereas in Montreal, the atmosphere was also very much against him, and he fought very relaxed. So I think these guys, you know, they're almost like, they almost take the oh, i happy to be here approach, they don't give it as much, and on, honestly, you know, they don't give as much of a push as, say, Dimitri Beeble did, where he, a guy like that, people from that side of the world don't really care, they, they just, they're, they're almost like robotic in the ring, and they're, and they're there to search, seek and destroy and that's what Bebo did. He actually got more confident in the fight. But nonetheless, I, I, I don't mind Canelo taking the Golovkin fight. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's justifiable at this point. Um, you have a built-in sell. I actually said this when he signed the matrum contract uh, over the PBC contract. I said, if you lose the first fight on the PBC contract with Charlo, you have to go right into David Benavidez. It's, it's, there's no soft touch there. Well, if you lose the, the first fight on the room deal, which was with Beeble, you always have that back pocket Golovkin third fight no matter what because you can always sell it even coming off of a loss, you know, because even for the criticism, the criticism that people would say, oh, Golovkin is uh, past his best and he's not looking as good, hey... You know what, Canelo just took an L. You know, he's supposed to be able to take a, a little step back. I mean, any fighter would. Is you it's it's justifiable. So so I thought the, that I, I saw that as the 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 the, the mindset of, for him to wanna uh uh, except the matchroom deal, because I believe both the matchroom deal and the PBC deal were pretty much the same as far as financial reward was concerned, you know? So, so it, it kind of comes into play. It, it, it works out well. You know, I was talking uh, on the, my other podcast, on the Pro Box TV podcast, with Roy Jones and Antonio Tarver recently, and uh, you guys can go check that out as well on the Pro Box TV YouTube page. But Roy made a good point. He uh, was saying that at 175 pounds... You've already been there, it's not your weight class. Guys who go up that many weight classes, they usually just stay there for one fight, you know? They don't really need to stay there and defend that at, at the higher weight class. You just kinda go up there to make history, accomplish something. And you notice this, even Roy did this at heavyweight, he fought the fight with Ruiz and then he came back down. It's not really his weight class. I remember Pernell Whitaker did this with Julio Cesar Vasquez at 154 pounds back in the day. Whitaker had been an excellent fighter at 135 pounds, 140 pounds, and 147 pounds. He wanted to win a 154-pound title, but he wasn't going to campaign there. And he picked off a guy like Julio Cesar Vasquez, who was a little slower, bigger, stronger, but a little slower, and and Whitaker was able to kind of dazzle him as a boxer, won the title, and, and came back down to the welterweight division, where he was more comfortable. So Roy made a good point. He said, you've already done the light heavyweight thing. You beat Sergey Kovalev for the WBO light heavyweight title. So it's not like going up to fight Dimitri Beeble, you were trying to accomplish anything you hadn't accomplished already. We already know that you go to these weight classes and then you don't stick around at the weight class. You just vacate the weight class. But And, and it's it's justifiable if you did it one time. But why were you doing this again? That was the question. And it was interesting to, to note that even on the second half of the of the matchroom deal, he didn't have a light heavyweight fight scheduled. He was going to try to w- be, take the title off of Beeble and then lock it up while he fought Golovkin. So you would have had the WBA light heavyweight title locked up, not being defended, not being being available to have for anybody to fight for while he went back down to 168 and fought uh, uh, the, the third Golovkin fight, had he won the b-ball fight, right? So, I don't know, man, it was a lot of food for thought for me, because at that point, you start to wonder, you know, I, I, I people start to wonder, you know, at least people with a logical head start to wonder, if you already accomplished that heavyweight championship at, at 175 pounds, why were you going back to 175 were you doing that to avoid somebody at 168 like David Benavides, who, you know, is very dangerous, younger, hungrier, and just on fire right now? He's the hottest guy in boxing, you know? So, so were you doing that to avoid that? Because I hadn't thought of that at that time. Uh, we called it a, a, a possible cherry pick gone wrong. And people went crazy. The reaction was, oh, how is that a cherry pick? He's such a tough fight. Bro, listen. I'm telling you, Bebo was a tough fight. I, I picked Bebo to get robbed in the fight, if everybody remembers. So I knew Bebo was a tough fight. Okay, so I understand you, it's when you look at it from that perspective. Oh, how was it a cherry pick? How is that a cherry pick that you know he went to after somebody like Bebo who's so tough? Well, it's hard to look at it as a cherry pick, but when you look at it as a whole, first off and foremost, when you look at it as a whole, with hindsight being 2020, and hindsight is always 2020 when foresight is not that not as clear, right? Hindsight being 2020. You look back and you say, what was everybody saying prior to the Bebo fight? I mean, most of you guys were all picking Canelo to win the fight. Now you got all the guys that came out. I said this, I said this. Listen, I personally was picking Canelo to rob Bebo, okay? I, I thought it was going to be a controversial decision because I, I said to myself, if not even Golovkin can get the decision in the first, in the first fight with, uh, uh, with Canelo where he won about nine, ten rounds, then I don't think anybody's going to get a decision against this guy. You know what I mean? So for most of you, guy, most of you people, even the the pros, the critics, the pundits, were all saying Canelo was gonna stop Bebo. He was eventually gonna catch up to him and stop him. As if guys from that part of the world were just gonna give it to you, they never do. The guys from that part of the world, you've got to beat them. Like my boy Antonio Tarver says, some guys you gotta knock out, some guys some guys uh, you can make quit, and some guys you gotta knock out. You you can't make them quit, you know, and. Typically, Eastern European fighters have the mindset that are that are rugged, rough, and raw, and, and you're not just gonna eliminate them from that from that perspective of breaking them down mentally. You've got to physically beat them down, and I just didn't think that Canelo was phys- was going to be physically able to beat Bebo in that way. And even the Golovkin fight, if you look at it, a guy more his size, he wasn't able to mentally beat Golovkin, but Golovkin made a different adjustment. You know, so so that was the that was the perspective I had from that end. So. I don't know ultimately looking looking back it's 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 food for thought you know when you look at it from that pers- perspective was he a- was he looking to just pick off another light Heavyweight title, which is something he had already done? So what was the point of doing that again, as opposed to fighting in his own weight class and defending the undisputed title at 168 against hungry guys who already take it from him? It's something to think about. And like I said, I don't think a lot of the criticism is justifiable for Canelo. But that one, that one that Roy Jones said in, in the Pro Box TV podcast, I really, really, it really, really opened my, eye, my mind to thinking. Because Roy is somebody who's done these kind of things. So He can kind of read the situation. Roy went to Heavyweight. He didn't go back to Heavyweight. You know what I mean? He did it once and that's it. Right? And he he won the heavyweight title. Some, Some food for thought. But for the time being, we've got to discuss Canelo versus Golovkin in the coming months. Canelo vs. Golovkin 3 is made. Let me know your comments, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you think of Canelo Golovkin 3. Let me know if you think this is a justifiable choice. I think it is. And let me know what you think about the whole cherry pick thing. You know, uh, if if that's deserved criticism or not. Who do you guys think had who did you guys have winning Canelo versus Golovkin 2 as well? Uh, and, and don't give me just give me because Canelo came forward. Was he effective coming forward? Was he I understand that Golovkin Lofkin signed the check his ass couldn't cash because he said hey we got to fight Mexican style and then he wasn't able to fight Mexican style but if you judge the fight as a boxing match which is what you're supposed to do you still have Canelo winning it's possible you do some guys I've talked to love the body shots Canelo landed in that fight and you know what I can see that fight going that way I can go see that fight going both ways but let me know in your comments like comment subscribe I'm Poli Malinaji for Poli TV